<laughs> it literally has a face. Imagine a car with a face, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like it should have been in the movie Cars. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That Disney did, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right, on this very special episode of the RC Roundtable, uh, we had our guest Mark Lannerman from Old School Model Works, and we were running a little bit long on the episode, so we decided we thought we would break things up a little bit. So for those who were looking for a little extra on their RC Roundtable podcast uh, entertainment, we've decided to make this little special to talk about some of the extra things we wanted to talk about but didn't want to run too long on the main broadcast. So Mark has graciously agreed to join us as we discuss some general topics about our workbench and maybe a few other things. So uh, thanks, Mark, for sticking around and uh, giving us some more of your time. Thanks again for having me. So, hobby news. Let's see what's new this past couple of weeks. I know we've missed a couple of things. Uh, first up is no surprise, but Motion RC has, wait, what, yet another EDF that they popped out. Uh, this tie's pretty nice. It's, uh, well, they're all nice, but this one, uh, a little bit surprising. It's a 90 millimeter F18. This one has the Blue Angels livery. Uh, at first, I thought it was maybe a refurbish of one of their older F-18s, but they're saying that no, this is actually a brand new clean sheet design uh, for, uh, for I guess, 2019. Uh, it's, I don't have the wingspan, it runs off a 6S, 5 to 6,000 million power battery pack, it's got some really nice scale features, got gear doors, it has a 40 inch wingspan, uh, it's got the, they advertise it has completely concealed elevator servos. So being an F-18, that's actually uh, not insignificant. So that's the deception of EDFs. If you were talking about a park flyer with a 40-inch wingspan, you're yeah. like, oh, that's a cute little 100-watt job. But no, we're talking about a 6S. Uh, I don't know how many watts it's pulling, but a, a significant airplane here. It's got 130-amp ESC. Yeah, that's really good. So they're really got some good headroom in there. So yeah, yeah, for jets, the wingspan typically are pretty small, especially like a F one oh four Starfire, which <laughs> well <laughs> uh so yeah, so this is a good size. Ninety millimeter is actually on a larger size for e- EDFs. Uh it's a C model. Uh, that's my only well, I'll talk about that later. Uh, let's see, trailing struts, removable wings with quick connect wing harness, which seems interesting. I didn't see any details on that, but I guess you can pop the wings off real easily. Plastic fowler, fowler flaps. Uh, now this with r- real fowlers, like they're they're offset from the wing. Oh, okay, that's really right. nice. Yeah. yeah. So should should F-18s generally fly pretty good as it is. They have extra lift on the fuselage, so this thing should really be able to. Uh, slow to a crawl and land. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that the strikes are a significant contributor to the lift on yeah. the as well. Oh, yeah, I can see. And, you, and you'd better factor those in when you calculate the CG. <laughs> yes. Uh, one last thing that popped up to me, well, a couple things. Uh, plastic line combing. Combing? What the heck is To resist bubbling under canopy. I guess they... Oh, uh, I see. Okay. So that you don't bake the foam under the canopy in the sun. And yeah, usually if it's a yeah. black cockpit, it usually bubbles up. 
And uh, one last thing that really popped in, I thought was interesting. It says pre-molded wing station to accept free wings plastic slot system. And among the things they put there is a run cam. What? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. It says aftermarket pylons, ordnance, 3D printed stuff, and a run cam, etc. So, uh, that's, so you can stick a run cam as part of your ordnance package. Well, you know I was going to do that anyway. Uh, well, they they were thinking of you. it was a built-in feature. Uh, hey, they, they rubbed off on them. I guess. All right. Well, enough with the details. You guys have any thoughts on this? Well, don't all speak at once. <laughs> well, I do, and I I'm impressed mostly by the the scale details. If you look at the landing gear, it it looks like real landing gear. It's yeah. Not just wires coming down, and you've got the dual front uh, wheels, and then other subtle things that didn't really pop out at first. But if you look at the air inlets, it's not just a scoop molded in to the side of the plane it's mm. actually offset from the fuselage just like the full oh nice no no speaking of air inlets doesn't seem like anybody makes the, the more modern f-18 the uh is the, the super hornet the super hornet i like the yeah. intakes better on that one it seems like everybody models the older one <laughs> yeah there's got to be a super hornet show the super hornet some love yeah I think well one thing on that is that the blues don't fly the super hornet yet right no they don't which is surprising i wonder why they don't they're, they're supposed to upgrade in a couple of years. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to see a Super Hornet. I like the intakes better. It's a personal preference. I like the square yeah. intakes. Well, there's a lot of differences. But well, yeah, actually, it's one. a bigger plane, isn't it? It's not really just a Hornet with square intakes, from what I understand. Yeah, there's a lot of differences. Don't quote me on any of that, but, yeah, it's more than just that. Yeah. It just looks but, like a Hornet, but it's not kind of thing. Yeah. So, but continuing on with my list of subtle details, it even has the pass-through where the strakes meet the fuselage. That's not a solid connection. Oh, right. So, There's a, yeah. actually a gap, right? Yeah. And so I don't know if there's any actual aerodynamic benefit at this scale, but again, it's a, a nice feature that they're accommodating that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it shows attention to detail. Yeah. No, like every foamy, it's got Grand Canyon size panel lines. So I don't know when somebody's going to conquer that problem. Wait, they, they say something about the panel lines in the thing. It says sharp and shallow panel lines in sensible areas without reducing overall scale effect, whatever that means. Yeah, but not enough to make Terry happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but you know, overall, I think it looks really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw some video. It looks like it flies really nice. Uh, of course, F-18 models generally do fly really nice, but this is no uh, exception. So, um, got nice wingtip details, too, for ordnance. I just noticed on a picture. So, mm -hmm. it's a really nice-looking plane. Uh be interesting if they come out with other paint schemes other than the Blue Angels at some point, like they do with some of the other models. There's a gray one as well. Oh, is there? Okay, I missed that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Um uh, I've had a couple of other model F-18s in the past, uh, and they've always flew really well. There was a Canadian anniversary scheme I was always really fond of. Oh, uh, that red one with the big maple leaf on the top? Uh, no, just another one. It's sort of blue and red, is it? Uh, it's been a while since I've had it. I'm looking at my stack of plastic. There it is. It's gray and blue, but it's a real striking pink scheme. Really nice. Uh, okay. 75th anniversary. Canadian Armed Forces. Uh, uh, I painted, I think, two F-18s in that color scheme because it was just so nice looking and easy to see in the air. Yeah. And easy to paint. Hmm. But anyways. Now, Mark, you're a balsa guy. What do you think about this hunk of foam? 
Actually, uh, it's it's a nice looking plane. They've done a good job. I come from a scale background, which we'll talk about later, and it doesn't look like they've really enlarged any of the surfaces tremendously, so they're you know out of proportion. Right. Uh, they've done a really good job with the landing gear. Um, the the landing gear is aluminum. It has the springs on it, like you mentioned, the cantilever system. If you watch one of their videos, they actually take it off and land it on grass, which isn't <laughs> isn't a golf green grass. It's yeah, pretty right. rough, like a typical field. Handled it pretty well. Yeah, and it also has uh, gear doors, which are mechanically driven, and they're sprung to the open position. So if something goes wrong, I'd rather have them open than closed. Oh, sure. Um, and the only other thing I saw you didn't mention, it does have LED light, lighting uh, in various spots. Oh, like navigation lights? Uh, I would or, assume so, yes. Yeah, okay. I didn't notice that either. I'm going to jump in on that because the one thing I was looking for is to see if on the accessories page that they had like a, a afterburner LED attachment you could put on it. But what I find funny is all the uh, upgrades on this plane is one ESC and everything else is a run cam. <laughs> there are no there are no other upgrades besides those two so i wonder if chris wolf is going to get his hands on one and try to make a, a an led afterburner on it Wait, is there any pictures of the rear because this is a single and it's a twin model do they bifurcate it's not that kind of website fits <laughs> fits you know what it's funny you say that i have been looking for that and i was watching the video too there is no shot from the rear if you look at the intro video there's a shot that they do um so is it? Yes, I think it's the last. The last uh, video on their page is the intro video. There is a shot that does show the rear for a second. Can you tell if it's a bifurcated uh, exhaust or is it? Uh... Um, as opposed to what? Well, sometimes they. Well, I guess it, it would have to be bifurcated. Well, sometimes it's. Uh, they may have cheated a little bit in the rear, but I guess it's still, still going to have two round things popping out the back. So I guess. Yeah, it looks like they're both active. I can <laughs> see. Now, if you want to have fun, they've got a tow hook on it. <laughs> Let's make that bad boy activated. <laughs> Ripped Go to about uh, a minute 18 on their video on that one, and you'll see a shot of the rear. Oh, okay. Well, I was just thinking it might make it difficult to put an afterburner on it since it's the engine's, the motor is in the middle, and you're probably masked by the exhaust bifurcation. Right, yeah. Yeah, surely somebody's done that at this point. I'm sure they have, and don't call them Shirley. Yeah. Okay, so this is on pre-order now. I think they're due in pretty soon. Four seventy-nine for the plug-and-play, which is what everything but a receiver and a battery. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, no surprise motion. You had another EDF. They've already got something to work, so it's always interesting to see what they come up with. I'm sure it'll be a big seller, so good for them. Yep. Uh, okay, next up, uh, from big to small. So it looks like Flyzone has a new microelectric. This time it's Wait, focus- they're still in business? <laughs> yeah, no, no, be nice. We were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got something new. It's a Fokker D7 micro. Uh, I didn't catch the wings. It's a 1S power, so it can't be very big. You guys catch it's the wings 16 again? inches. 16 inches, thank you. I missed that. Uh, um, hopefully, it'll prepare this episode. Okay, so 16 inches should be great for indoor flying or those calm dusk nights. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of... I didn't see any videos of it. 
in its foam, of course. It comes with a transmitter, so it looks like it's just a, only comes as a radio fly package. It looks like. Hopefully, it's still tactic, and you can bind a, a bigger tactic transmitter to it. Yeah, I hope so. If they use the SLT uh, format, uh, yeah. you have other options. I don't know. It doesn't say. It'd be interesting to. At least I don't. From what I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad because it would be nice. Uh, I mean, it looks like a really nice airplane, but I'm sure a lot of a whole lot of people are not going to be all thrilled about the little transmitter it comes with. I, yeah, and that was that... one of our main gripes with the C47 slash DC3 as well that you yeah. could only get it with a transmitter, and now in that case you could bind it to a, another tactic. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. But I'm just, I guess it just surprises me that they're still. Look, I mean, I like the SLT, and I'm fine with the tactic radio, but to build an RTF with a a system that they really don't support anymore. Uh, why didn't they go Spectrum? Why didn't they do a Biden fly? Insufficient data. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is something that's been in the works for a long time, but I don't wouldn't think so. Um, now, one thing I noticed is the level of fit and finish on this one seems to be a notch up above what we were used to from fly zone. Mm. You, you got the wood grain on the prop, and I don't know, maybe the photos on the website are deceptive, but it just looks like there, there are no gaps on the panels, and the, the paint job is very elaborate. It's got the lozenge on parts of the wings and stripes. It's no assembly required. Just yeah. pull it out of the box and throw it. Now, did you guys notice what was written on the horizontal tail? No. Uh oh, there's some German there. It says, uh, excuse my pronunciation, but Dudachnicht. Isn't that scale? Yes, apparently. I looked it up. It's Ernst Udet's plane. And apparently, it's. There have, there's apparently not a, a direct translation of it, but they're saying a rough translation is either something along the lines of not you or no, you don't. Okay. That's clever. And yeah. when you say looked it up, you mean you scrolled down on the Taylor <laughs> website? No, I actually went and looked it up on the internet. Oh. Had you scrolled down on Tower's page, you would have seen that information. Oh, I didn't see that. Hence, I went to <laughs> Google. Hence, like I told you, I was ill-prepared. What do they say it says? Well, no, they just say it was Udet's plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't say what Dudachnikt means. They say it is, it will not be you, it, with two exclamation points. It will not be you. Okay. So, so along those lines. So I guess if you're lighting it for a shot and you're right behind him and you see that, then you know that you're not going to hit him or you're not going to... You know, it's against the rules. You just can't. It's, yeah, it's you not you. Sorry. Find somebody else. Just turn away. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure if, uh, say, Rickenbacker saw that, he'd say, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. I'll go with Sorry for your guy. troubles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> so uh, we're talking three channels here, right? Rudder, yeah. elevator, throttle. Nod yeah. your head, yes. I'm nodding my head. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think it fits right into the usual ultra micro mold. And... Um, is there another D7 out there now? I don't think there's anything on the, the E-Flight stage. Uh, they're big one. They're like the quarter scale one. Right, but I mean ultra micro. Oh, uh, no. So uh, Micro Aces is making one. Or they make several. That's the... Remember when I did the SE5A a few months back? 
the company from England that makes the oh, yeah, super yeah. detailed. Yeah. yeah, they make uh, the D7 in a few different schemes. But Does Stevens, Stevens Arrow have anything? Mm, that's a good question. I'll check that out. Wouldn't be surprised they did have a, as a short kit or something. Yeah. Or kit kit, I guess. Huh. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty neat paint scheme on it. Uh, so it's a bit of a surprise to see that, but that's neat. Great for, uh, hopefully we'll see one out in the wild at some point. Like the, oh, lots of pattern, yeah. Yeah, and uh, to me, the big story here is that they're obviously reinvesting in, in the brand. Yeah. It'll stay alive. So they're just doing it to, to embarrass us. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if they're using, like, real servos or linear actuators inside. I would assume it's the fly zone brick mm. that they put in all the others. It's interesting it's only a 1S and not a 2S, too. So. The, all the brush motor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it a brush motor, then, in this thing? Well, it's just a little tiny thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Unless it can hover. Yeah, but the DC-3 was a 1S. Yeah. Well, DC-3 could have used a little more power. Yeah, speaking of that, do you see how their price is down to 80 bucks on that thing? <laughs> on the C-47? Yeah, well, and the DC-3, yeah. Cool. They're trying to get rid of those things. They need, to, they need to rehash the design and come out with a Spectrum bind and fly version with brushless motors and a little bit bigger. And, you know, if they call me, I'll tell them all the things they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait there by the phone. I, I will. <laughs> all right. Any closing thoughts on this, then? Yes, Mark was 100% right. Uh, Stevens Arrow does have a Balsa D7. Yeah. What size? Uh, I don't know. Why do you ask me such difficult questions? Smaller than 80 inch, bigger than uh, 12 inch. Wingspan, 16.5 inches. Okay. So it's an ultra micro. It, yeah, right. It's same size. Spectrum brick, yeah. Okay. There you go. There's a competition. Build your own or get this one. Okay, since we've been talking a lot about building, so let's go right into our workbenches because we always like to have something on our workbench to build or work on. And so that's uh, laid right into it. Uh, Mark, since you're the guest of honor, do you have... I know you. this is your business uh, and your hobby sort of combined to, to run old school model works, but do you have a project that's just has nothing to do with the business, just your own personal thing that you just for your own enjoyment and entertainment? I don't have anything that I'm starting right this minute, but I do have a couple kits that I bought. Um, because of my past working with World Engines and that sort of stuff, I've been uh, traversing eBay and RC groups and the like, and I found a couple old kits that I'd frankly forgot we even had, uh, which I'm going to get and build up. One of which is called a Half A Diamond. Ooh. It was a... It's a look at it. It's nothing great. It's a foam thing back when foam was terrible. Um, this was made in the 70s. Um, foam wings, foam fuselage. Um, the bottom of the fuselage kind of looks like a boat, the way it's shaped. But it was meant, I think, for RC combat back in the day. And the, the motor, when it sticks on, or the engine, when it sticks on, actually sticks out way above the fuselage. I mean, it's hanging way out there in the open. So it's just one of those things I want to build just because... It's part of my history from way back in the day. So uh, that's going to be the first thing I tackle, I think. Yeah, that right. sounds great. Yeah, And, and the, the foam has survived 40 years? Believe it or not, yes. And okay. where I got it from was off of uh, eBay, and it turns out was one of my old advertisers. I didn't know <laughs> that at the time. And when he sent the eBay payment through, the, the information that he gave you, I started piecing stuff together. Wait a minute! I think I know this guy. 
Yeah. And it turns out I did. So, so you're that? right. You know, we are all intermingled. There are no strangers in the RC world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a small world, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I know what you mean about uh, building like an old something from your past. I think one of my first planes that I built was uh, a SIG Hummer. And every once in a while, I think about building one again after so many years. No idea what happened to my first one, but uh, first low wing, first RC half A plane for for the most part. So I know what you mean. I'm pretty sure they still sell them. Yeah, they do. I saw. I haven't pulled the trigger, but I might just for old nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Ah. Well, that's good to know that you uh, you know you still have stuff that you for your own entertainment you want to build and. Oh yeah, uh, you have to be that way. We yeah. all have basements full of that stuff. You know? <laughs> what is this basement? I bet you've you got some of? cool radio gear in your basement. <laughs> uh, I do actually. Um, granted, most of it's World Engine stuff. I fly Spectrum now, but I have the very first radio that World Engines ever made. The very first prototype, a wow. single channel radio that has a lever on it. And that's all it has. <laughs> that's all it has. Yeah. But I have a lot of the control air stuff, the world engine stuff, um, through all the different, uh, you know, expert series, two, three, four, five, and all that. Wow. Yeah, I've got a, a bunch of it. Uh, I treasure it. Was there first radio proportional, or was it just uh, like a escapement or something, anything like that? The first one was um, an escapement, so it would have been like a galloping ghost sort of thing. Yeah. You know, push one for, or go one for left and two for right or however it works. Um, I, I never flew that sort of stuff, but uh, I do have it in the basement, and it's pretty cool. Well, I was going to ask Mark one more question. Oh, go ahead. Besides flying, do you have any other hobbies? Um, what I Photography is a hobby of mine, um, but what I've been into lately is something to really waste a lot of money in, and that's uh, vintage auto racing. Oh, Not that I'm auto racing. Into, yeah, I... Through some friends, I became friends with other friends, and I've been at some races. I've loved racing my whole life. I'm a big Formula One fan, an IndyCar fan. And we have a, I say we, a friend of mine has a, a car that we hope to turn into a race car. The chassis made. It's a Bug Eye Sprite, or a Frog Eye Sprite if you're in England. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a bunch of the parts to maybe start assembling that uh, this year or next year, and Go see if we can uh, set our hairs on fire uh, going around a track. <laughs> that, wow. that sounds like fun. It, uh, I think it will be. It, it'll probably be terrifying the first time I actually do it for real, but uh, there's a lot of ho- hoops to jump through before we get to that point. But uh, ah, yeah. I just yeah. looked up a picture of it. It's a cute little guy. It is little. Little is the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny car. Oh, they're made by Austin. Austin Haley. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it looks like it's laughing at you or something. Yeah, great big eyes. Uh, it looks like a frog's eyes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's not one of those cars that, you know, like a massive Mustang or muscle car. This is something that it's not a lot of horsepower. You have to ease through the corners. You know, momentum yeah. is your thing. You, you have to learn how to drive on it. it I think it'll be fun. Like a, a MG or something? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Different different company, but same idea. Yeah. <laughs> It literally has a face. Imagine a car with a face, and that's it. <laughs> Almost like it should have been in the movie Cars. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That Disney did, you know. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, all right, uh, Terry. 
What? Bench, you have. Oh, what? yeah, that. Okay. So I'm going to disappoint you in one respect that I don't have any new airplanes on my bench. I've been doing some spring cleaning and getting stuff ready for the events that I'm going to. But I've had some cool airplane related experiences lately. And one was that on Father's Day, my family took me to the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, which is about an hour and a half from here. Yeah. And we did not know that it was a fly day. We were just planning to go and look at static stuff in the hangar. But when we got there, we found out that they were actually flying stuff around that day. So we got to see their Catalina, uh, their Lancaster, uh, a couple of T6s, uh, Chipmunk, all sorts of stuff was out there flying. You got to see the Lancaster, you lucky bastard. Yes, I did. You got to see the PBY, you lucky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, uh, you know, you went to that museum when you were visiting last year, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. The Lancaster was there, but it was in a hangar. It wasn't flying. Well, even just looking at that thing in the hangar is an experience. Oh, yeah. It was really a treat to see it. But you got to see it fly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And hear it fly is probably the more impressive part. Yeah, yeah. Four Merlins. Yeah. So that was a unique experience. So anybody who's anywhere near uh, Hamilton, Ontario, I... It's worth a day trip to get over there and see that stuff. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't fly that's also in the hangar mm-hmm. that you should look at. So I think I'm going to be going back because we were there for several hours and really just uh, caught the tip of it. So I want to get back and really dig into some of this stuff. And my other fun event is that I've joined a new club around here. It was a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was just last weekend. It was last weekend. And it was beautiful weather on Saturday, but as you know, the club that I've been in for a while, we lost our field, and I've since joined another club, but that new club is adjacent to a bunch of soccer fields, and so basically on the weekends, you you don't want to be there. <laughs> and so here it was, a beautiful Saturday, and we were trying to find a place to fly, and we decided to try out a new club we've never been to. And this is literally next to the parking lot of Rich Stadium, where the Buffalo Bills play. And this club, the Western New York Sailplane and Electric Flyers, they've been using this field for, uh, I think, around 30 years. We went over there. There were a couple people there already. And when I say we, it's me and my buddy Mark. Uh, we went there, a couple people there. We said hi. They said, sure, set a spell, come <laughs> come fly for a while. And we had a good time. And it's a, a nice facility. And obviously, sailplanes and electrics only, no nitro. But I've got a new spot. And uh, I'm excited about it. Oh, nice. They have have power? Is it a paved runway or anything like that? No, it's a grass field. And when I was there, it wasn't really short enough that you could even take anything off. But like I said, it's kind of adjacent to that parking lot for the bills. So uh, I don't know. I think if you're not a jerk about it, you could probably ease over there and use that if you needed to. Mm. But uh, on its foundation, it's a nice field that, that you can fly over and it's pretty open and you don't have to worry about it. And a lot of the guys when I was there were using high starts on sailplanes. Oh, nice. But you know, there was other stuff, too. Obviously, I was flying electrics. Um, there were a couple of people flying multi-rotors. So it was a pretty good mix. But I'm just happy to have another option for places to go. So that's my workbench. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, I've been... Uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, there is going to be a sort of a control line event 
demonstration kind of thing at the local air museum. And uh, so I've been resuscitating an old electric control line plane I had built some time ago and trying to get working uh, one of uh, another electric, a Cox Bearcat electric control line plane I got from a state sale. Is that the one where the power goes through the control lines? Yes, yeah. Okay. So, But it didn't have any lines, so I had to basically, I just went to Fry's and picked up some wire, some 22-gauge wire. Hopefully that wasn't too big. Uh, and made my own lines. And I made my own trigger. I have a little on-off trigger on the handle in a battery pack that I use. Uh, and uh, you, I don't know if you saw my you saw my pictures I posted on, I think, Instagram. Uh, so I went in the cul-de-sac out in my front yard to give it a try. And uh, it, the first flight, well, first attempt, it wouldn't quite take off. Uh, and then I realized, oh, wait, I had the controls backwards. Up was down, down was up. I didn't realize it. It was hard to see. Oh, God. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. It kind of kind of hopped on the ground like a frog. Like, why is it doing that? Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> and then the next flight, um, what else happened? Um, uh, uh, I, I got it to take off, and I did about one circuit, and, and then it sort of went up and turned in towards me, at which point I lost all control of it. And hit the ground fairly hard, cracked the, the the cowl on it. I don't know why it turned into me. Um, it it just sort of uh, you know I don't know. So um, I was talking to somebody and said, "Well, try adding a little extra weight to the opposite wing tip." And I did that, and I think the battery may have been a little weak. So I'm going to put a more powerful battery on it and see if I haven't tried it yet. But hopefully that a little extra power and the wing tip weight may have prevented it from turning in on me. Uh, so that's been on my workbench and I got the other one. I haven't tried it out yet, but I've flown it before. Uh, so it's a pusher thing. Uh, so, uh, I'll give those a try tomorrow. It's been really, but I've been working on for the past couple of weeks on and off. Um, and hopefully I get that cleared off and get back to painting the A10. I really need to get that done and finished so I can move on to some other stuff. Um, a little birdie told me you have a new helicopter. Is I that have, a secret? Uh, not yet, but it's coming. Okay. Yes. I have a, a, a re helicopter coming in for a review. Uh, so uh, we'll, I'm eagerly awaiting that. That'll be, I'll be working on that over the holiday. I'm going to take a few days off next week for the 4th of July anyway. So well, hopefully to get that spit out. Are you going to be on Freefall RC again? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Yeah. He's <laughs> Slowly a little... but surely working your way in back into copters? Just little, little helis. Uh, I still dabble with them. I got, uh, I did some horse training with my friend Jeff. He wanted one of the helicopters I had, so. Uh, it was funny. He came over one day, uh, just a quick story. He says, hey, I got this helicopter. You want it? And it was an old, old, old glow helicopter. Um. It was like um, a um, Gorham. One of the remember Gorham model products? No, you probably do, Mark. Used to, yes, used to, I do. Yeah, back in mm -hmm. the '80s, they were real popular. Yep. And uh, it was actually fairly good shape, but you know, that's I, I didn't want to deal with an ancient helicopter like that. It's I don't really fly Glow helis anymore, and it was missing a couple of pieces. And I know there's a kind of a vintage helicopter sort of sub group that's into that kind of stuff uh which is wouldn't happen to have been the cricket would it 
GMP no. cricket? If it was a cricket, I probably would have taken it because that's such a classic design. But it was one of their more fancier collective pitch 60 size things. Okay. Uh, I forgot. I don't know if it was a champion or a, it started with a C. I forgot which one it was. But um, it was one of their nicer machines at the time. Uh, and I was semi-tempted to take it, but I said, oh, no, no, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, but as far as helicopters, but I thought it was interesting. I don't know where he got it from or how long he's had it. But uh, I actually have pieces of a shuttle that I used to fly. And a I, Robo? Robo shuttle, yeah. That was like my first real helicopter. Well, my first real helicopter was a... Um, from Hobby Lobby used to sell Sport 500 and I had one of those things and it flew okay when pieces weren't flying off of it <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so that was it wasn't the greatest entry into helicopters but that's neither here nor there so anyways enough of me Lee what you got all right, sit back, relax. All right, let me get a drink here. <laughs> Go to the restroom and then come back, push play. <laughs> get comfy. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> I'll try to make this quick. I've got several things that have happened since our last uh, show or you guys' show. Uh, after coming back from Boston, uh, Austin invited his friend Max from D.C. to come down and hang with us for a week. Max is a kid he met at Flight Fest, Round Rock, or not Round Rock, uh, at Apache Pass. Oh, so it is West the same Texas. kid. I was going to ask if that was the same kid he met there. Same kid. There's a there's a podcast last year, November, for from a live from Flight Fest, so you can hear all about what those two crazy kids were up to at the at the build tent. And guys, this is great because I think it goes back to what Terry had said about uh, building relationships. You know. Uh, having fun at these flight fest events but darn it austin and max were just two peas in a pod at, at the build tent building these crazy airplanes and one of them that they built was a guinea pig that max gave to austin because he couldn't take it back with him on the airplane austin has the guinea pig and he's been flying it and has some crazy ideas on what to do with it so max uh showed up on monday and since that time they have been in the garage working on uh crazy stuff i've Emptied the garage, put in two workbenches, gave them tools, gave them lights, gave them fans. You know, they had everything at their disposal like they would at Flight Fest. Did uh, you fill one, their water bowl? I, I filled their water bowl, put some little chicken nuggets in a bowl. <laughs> well, and to let you guys know, the reason I invited or, you know, we let Max come down, we were supposed to go to Flight Fest, Ohio. We had talked about it. But due to some situations here at the house and, and financial reasons, we just we just can't get out to Ohio this year. So to make it up to Austin, uh, we talked to Max's dad, and they got a cheap flight. They're like, um, what's that, Spirit Airlines? <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they got like $100 round-trip tickets on Spirit Airlines. Is that the airline you're always hearing about on the news about a passenger being unruly? Yeah, and yeah, it's, the seats are like the size of a, a kitty toilet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... That was the trade-off. I think it worked out real well. Austin, uh, I just you know, fast forward to yesterday. Austin was very grateful that he came down. So they had their little mini flight fest in the garage. The weather has not been very good here. I think Fitz can attest to that. So yeah. unfortunately, I was hoping to camp out at Northwest RC. Got the approval from our president, uh, our club member president, but it was just no way. Our club has probably got you know, an inch of water from some rain. So. 
Monday and Tuesday they built. We drove to Scobie out in Katy, Texas, and there are some photos I posted, which uh, several people liked. So that turned out really good. So they brought the the guinea. They brought a goblin that Max actually Max ordered it, had it shipped to our house, and he built it. And Austin had his Edge, which we upgraded to a new motor, and that thing flew much better. And that was a lot of fun. We did have rain, so that kind of sent us home. But we uh, we flew out there. I made my P-51 Shangri-La from the Tower Hobbies kit. Flew pretty darn well. Just still wants to nose over. And Fitz knows that. <laughs> Our, the ones with the landing gear, they just oh, tend yeah. to want to nose over. Yeah. But I had fun flying it, so that was, that was good. Uh, came back home and did some more flying. Uh, one of our little happy incidences where they were goofing off of the quadcopter and it landed on the neighbor's house. So we had to get the fishing poles out. <laughs> Our neighbor was like, what the heck are y'all doing? <laughs> so, nothing. Go back inside. Nothing to see here. Uh, and then that night, because we were hoping to spend the night at Northwest RC and do night flying, we ended up heading over to the high school, which actually turned out pretty darn well. The weather wasn't too bad. It was terribly humid, but uh, the kids took the guinea pig and loaded it full of these little LED helicopter toys. You can shoot up in the air and they just kind of spin down. So that was fun. We had a couple of videos of that. And Terry, I brought the best special. Nice. It still flies. And this is this is the part I thought you'd like. I flew that rudder only uh, that night. I sat nice. there in a chair and because of the amount of lift that wing generates, I just did throttle and rudder. And it was great. That, <laughs> was the like, best special? The the little night flyer plane I built many, many years ago. What is probably, what, 10 years old? Yeah, at least. With individually soldered LEDs. Oh, that one. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Lee gave it to me at some point, and I modified it with ailerons, and then gave it back to Lee when I moved from Houston. It still has the single cell, and I think that's a Kokum battery, single cell LED, uh, LiPo that runs the LEDs. Yep. Still holds a charge. It's probably, what, 5C? <laughs> yeah uh but no it it flew great and it was because of the the weather it was just i was i was pretty impressed that i was just doing rudder only and you know you can fly that thing for 30 minutes oh yeah yeah that's a hobby lobby motor too Mm -hmm. one of their one of their blue radial motors so uh we had fun doing that and then uh the next day came down hard cats and dogs it was just terrible rain so the kids were working in there but we found a gap in the storm. We went back to the high school. It was just totally flooded in the field. But boy, those creative geniuses. They took the guinea pig and Austin glued on his long... Well, not glue it on. Sorry. He made a, a, a tow release or an airplane release on top of the guinea. Attached his uh, long easy to it. And they got about six or seven flights out of flying it and releasing it. And I sent videos to Terry and Fitz. Uh, they were having a blast, you know. Unfortunately, they thought, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we put the long easy upside down on the guinea, <laughs> fly the guinea upside down, then release the the long easy and let the long easy fly?" Whatever. I think Austin got disoriented because as soon as it came off, it went zoo, 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 zoo. <laughs> <laughs> right into the ground. <laughs> I also blame Max though because Max had it way far away, so it was hard to see that long easy. <laughs> once it released but i think the two guys had a great time i enjoyed being their little uh, soldering uh technician i was fixing things <laughs> left and right but uh for me just to give you a quick story of other things on my workbench i i called terry and fitz or i texted terry and fitz while i was in boston because for some reason i got this whole thing in my head about my father's sato 45 four cycle engine 
it's been on a, a little trainer, Hangar 9 Solo Strike trainer. It's been on there for years, and the last time I tried flying it was running so bad, uh, it wouldn't stay running. And so I texted Fitz a couple of questions about, hey, do you know why this engine would be knocking so badly, yada, yada. And Terry gave me some ideas and, and a friend to talk to. But I said, you know what, I'm just going to go home and, and disassemble it. And I don't know why, but I've been on this this little roller coaster ride on, on repairing the Sato. But I disassembled the whole thing and sure enough found two major problems with the engine. First one being that the bushing in the uh, crankshaft arm or the connecting rod had come loose. So it was jamming up against the, uh, the pin for the piston. So I took everything apart, I ordered some new parts, and then yesterday I got the sucker put back together, made sure I had the timing right, and boy, there's compression. I didn't tell you guys that, but I was like, I don't remember it having this well of compression the last time I ran it. So um, this morning, I well, last night I ran into a snag with the... That's because that- you forgot to put the spacers back in. <laughs> oh yeah, that. But, what? Head gasket? We don't need that. Uh, there is no head gasket, by the way. <laughs> You're supposed to have extra parts when you put something back together. Right. Uh, well, and you know, uh, just to, I mean, for talk, we, we in our previous episode, well, with the previous recording, we talked about no one's flying glow anymore. Or, you know, it's kind of going out. But I, I mean, I'm getting back into it. And of course, you know, Fitz just had his experience a couple of weeks ago. The the joys of uh, caster. Castor oiled hands, right? Castor hand lotion, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the smell is there. You, you, I pulled the engine. I was like, wow, I remember it now. It's like it's like Estes rocket engines, you know? You take them off, you know that smell. So uh, what I thought was interesting, though, because I've never disassembled an engine this far, but the clips that normally hold, hold the piston, the retaining uh, rod for the piston, are, are little metal clips. Well, they were just so badly worn. The newer versions are these little Teflon clips. Uh, Plugs. Are you talking about the that pin you, that goes through the cylinder? No, piston? It, it, yeah, it goes through the piston the, head, yeah. Yeah, it holds, holds the crankshaft on. Yeah, yeah well, connecting arm. The connecting rod, sorry. Not crankshaft, yeah. connecting rod. So, yeah. uh, anyway, they, they, they use these little Teflon plugs that just go on either side. So, they rub it up against the cylinder wall, and it doesn't cause any damage. Like, I thought that was, that was kind of unique. I you know, never thought about that. but uh, So, I found those. They, they fit a FA-50, but... They're supposedly compatible with the 45, and it, it fits. So long story short, the engine is back on the Solo Strike. I have a very, very old jug of four-cycle fuel that I'm doubtful. What do you think, Fitz? Should I try to use a an eight-year-old jug of fuel? That would be iffy. Depends how you stored it. Um, uh, do you have anybody with good fuel? Well, the, the thing is I'd like to put 10% in because I don't want to – burn this engine up they only have 15 percent at the local hobby shop should i hold off and wait you could try it it's not, it's not going to hurt it but uh if it doesn't run right you won't know if it's a fuel or something you, you did when putting it back together yeah but i want to spend 30 bucks for a gallon of 15 percent and realize i'm not going to run it oh. they don't have small bottles you want me to spot what about your stuff yeah Does fuel work you want me to spot you some fuel well i got that i got a small bottle of your stuff but what what's the uh, nitro percentage i don't know what did what did i give you what, i don't know what was you it just for? gave me a bottle said here try this it was for my my cox 049 oh so it's going to be at least 15 percent then yeah just burn a hole right through the head after i disassembled it <laughs> what size engine is it that's a 40 size uh you can run 15 percent in that i might try just to get it running but i don't think i'll stick with it yeah i think the, i think 15 percent is pretty high for a trainer i mean it's not going to be we're not doing aerobatics anymore. Like but you have this thing called a throttle Exactly. <laughs> oh no! I I took that out. 
that left stick is there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Learn to use it. You've been hanging around uh, the Texas Warbird guys too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will. I will. I will consider that. I might. I just might make a blend of the old stuff and your stuff and see what what happy. <laughs> Happy juice comes out. <laughs> <Happy> juice. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. So Terry already talked about me fixing my uh, fin and rudder for my course here for the third time. Uh, it, it'll it'll go fine. I'm not worried about it. Uh, what else did I have here? Uh, no, it was fun. I, I'm glad that the kids got together. And Mark, since you've been hanging on for so long, you know, just that's that's good for me. It's a happy feeling to see the the youth today still wanting to build. You know, these kids didn't buy arfs and put them together. They they bought kits, sat there, hot glue and and mayhem and a lot. Oh, by the way, duct tape. And, <laughs> oh, of course. And, and made these things fly. So uh, nice shout out to uh, Max and his dad Eric who who made the time to come down. And hopefully, we'll get to do this again real soon. All right. Well, well, that was quite a story. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, for that. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about. I think that was enough. Huh? <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you, everyone enjoyed this little special uh, sideshow for uh, for our, our workbench topics and things we're building and working on. Uh, again, thanks for Mark for sticking around and, and letting... Uh, us, but mostly Lee, talk about stuff. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> no, it was a pleasure. Also, getting to, getting to see a little bit behind the curtain at what goes on. So, uh, <laughs> no, it was enjoyable. Thank you. Hey, don't look behind the curtain. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no problem. Uh, this is we we uh, really like this hobby. We we like all aspects of it. So you can see we're a pretty eclectic mix of guys that do stuff. So. Uh, we're, what was it say? We're lifers. And so we really enjoy just kind of tinkering with things and in all aspects. So, uh, that's Sir Lifer to you. That's Sir Lifer. (laughs) (laughs) I hereby knight thee, Sir Lifer. I am Sir Lifer. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, guys, got any last thoughts before we, uh, head out? Just a friendly reminder for those of you listening to our show, please, uh, communicate with us, email us. Uh, send us a post through Facebook or anything else. Uh, smoke let signals. Us know what, yeah, smoke signals. Uh, <laughs> send us a plane you want us to build and fly. There you go, uh, yes. No, really, just uh, let us know what you'd like to hear or talk about. Uh, we'd love to do that. We, we always yeah. just, we're mainly here to just chat with each other because we're not you know together all the time. But if you've got topics and or other people you'd like us to interview, please let us know. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, then. Uh, thanks everybody for showing up and, uh, and we'll see you next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.